with me to Genesis chapter 13, please. Genesis chapter 13, I'd like to preach the fifth in this series of sermons on Lot. This is actually the sermon that we have been leading up to through the other four. This will be the fourth, and I do not have the time to deal with all that which has transpired prior to it, but we will say many things in reference to Lot's situation and try to reiterate some of the things that we have said so that we can catch up on our story. If you remember, I told you that Lot was Abram's nephew. Lot's daddy died and he went to live with Abram. When he did, he went to live in a family that was a godly family, selected by the Lord for divine purpose. He grew up sheltered in a type of life that we call godliness. In a sheltered, simple type life where he traveled around with Abram from place to place, God blessed him with much substance. But the scripture said that, a, that Lot went along with Abram. And I told you that it's possible even in our situation for young folks to go along with their parents and yet not become a part of what's going on. That it's possible to live under parental convictions and not have the personal convictions of your parents. But there came a day when strife developed between Abram and Lot. And to keep from there being a cleavage between Abram and Lot, it became necessary for Lot to go out upon his own. And this is the title of the sermon, The Crossroads of Life Are Creators of Your Own Destiny. That there comes a time when every person must go out on his own. And all you young people, will it be the time when you graduate from high school, the time when you get married, or the time when you graduate from college or go and get a job of your own and leave the family nest or the family relationship? You go out on your own to make your own choices and decisions. So we'll pick up our story when Abram gives Lot that opportunity to choose which direction he will go in life. Let's look in chapter 13, beginning at verse number 9, where he said, It's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. This was his opportunity to choose his own direction. And I shared with you, first of all, Lot's desire. In verse number 10, you see the desire. This morning you'll see the decision that he makes. But I must say a few things concerning the desire again. That Lot had the choice. He had the opportunity to choose on his own. That God did not make us robots. God gave us a will to choose which direction we'll go. What lifestyle we will have. And I told you, I wonder what Lot thought when he came to the doorway of opportunity. I wonder how he viewed his past sheltered and simple life. I wonder if Lot thought, I'm tired of going to worship services. I'm tired of being brought up under such strict religious requirements. I wonder if Lot thought, I'm tired of following in the steps of Abram and 
worshiping at the altar of God. I wonder if he looked toward the plains of Sodom prior to the experience and wondered what it would be like to indulge in the pleasures of the world. I wonder what secret desire lay in the bosom of Lot. I wonder what his concept was of his own family. I wonder if he was thankful for the teachings of Abraham or if he longed for the far country. I wonder if in his heart he said, Someday I'll be upon my own. And as I told you, there will come a day when you can do whatever your desire is to do. There will come a day when you can choose your own lifestyle, you can choose your own companions, you can choose your own associates, you can choose your own places of amusement and entertainment and enjoyment. That day will come. And if you have a secret desire to be worldly and to indulge yourself in the pleasures of this life, you'll have that opportunity. Lot had that opportunity and it lay within his heart and probably a secret desire, but that secret desire will become an opportunity for you Every one of you here today will have the opportunity to do your own thing. Well, Lot's opportunity came and Abram said, The whole world is before you. The whole land is out there before you. And I told you the world lies before you in goodness and corruption. The good is there. The bad is there. The whole world, the whole land, America, and yet all the continents of this world are open before us. Well, here Lot stands, and we see his desire. In verse 10, it said, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Now, let me take just a few minutes and go over this verse again. Now, this was my message last time. I spent the entire service on verse number 10 on Lot's desire. I told you I do not know what his attitude was toward his past. I do not know what his concept is of his future, except in this verse. There is an enlightenment in this verse. And Lot lifted up his eyes. We saw the word for lifted means to cast your eyes upon. It's a translation of the word for married, and it means to join the eyes to something. And so Lot cast his eyes upon the well-watered plains of the Jordan. And it's also the translation of the word for regard. When Lot lifted his eyes and looked toward the Jordan, he looked with favor upon what he saw. And as Lot pictured it within his mind, and we know the word pictured comes from the word beheld. As he pictured it, he imagined a world, and he imagined opportunities, and he imagined concepts of what he will become. And as Lot views this world, in his visions of his mind, in his heart, he sees nothing wrong with what he sees. In fact, he is well pleased. He views it joyfully, anticipating what he will do, what he will become, and the pleasures of this life. So Lot cast his eyes upon the plain of the Jordan. And he gave himself, that's what the word join means, he gave himself to what he saw. He joined his eyes to the object observed. Then I shared with you how you look at something determines what you do with those things. As Adam and Eve looked at the fruit of the tree and desired it, that determined what they did with it. As Achan looked at the Babylonian garment, the wedge of gold and shekels of silvers, silver, that's determined what they did with it. How you view things, how you look at things, what your desire is for things 
determines what you do with those things. David desired Bathsheba and took Bathsheba. That determined what he did with it, how he looked at her when he saw that she was very beautiful to look upon. But Lot looked out upon the plain of the Jordan. I told you the little word for plain is the word that is translated for loaf or morsel or talent, a large round piece of money. I know this is a spiritual interpretation, but I'm not just interested in a physical, historical account of Lot as much as I am our placing ourselves in Lot's shoes. If you don't place yourselves in Lot's shoes, this sermon won't do anything for you. But there's not a person in this building but what you've already faced your crossroads or will face your crossroads and be like Lot. You'll have an opportunity to look out and either follow one or two directions. You'll either decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or you'll decide to follow yourself. You'll either decide to do what he wants done or decide what you want done. And whatever desire you have will determine the choice you'll make. And how you see what is out before you will determine the choice and decision as it will with Lot. Well, he looked out upon the well-watered plain of the Jordan. This little word <clears throat> for watered, he saw it was watered everywhere, is a translation of the word for drink. And carries the idea of satisfying a thirst. Lot looked and saw a place where he could water his cattle, therefore received satisfaction from it. He saw nothing but approval and pleasure in what he saw. But it's also the word that is translated for butler, for butlership and cupbearer, which for our interpretation speaks of positions and pleasures. Therefore, what Lot saw out before him was an area, a land, a region filled with things to bring pleasure to him and to his family. He saw a fat pasture out there and he desired what it had to offer. As he viewed it, he longed for it and saw nothing wrong with it. Now let me say this to you, especially you young folks who are going to face the crossroads. There are many opportunities out here in this world that are good. There are many positions that are not wrong within themselves. But any position that the Lord does not place you in is wrong and you're capable of getting into trouble when you follow the course of your own choice. Well, here Lot stands and he views the well-watered plains. He views, as we would today, a place of finding sustenance and satisfaction. Well, as we face... Our future, I doubt very many of us are facing, as farmers like Lot did, a place for our herds. But we do face the same type of situation in which you look out upon the world system. The world system is filled with positions whereby, like the plain, money can be given to you. There are positions in this world where you can make $100,000 or make a million dollars, and money can be an enticement like it was to Achan. But the tragedy is that if you make decisions on money, you'll end up sacrificing everything you are and everything you have to obtain that money. When he looked out upon the plain and he saw the place for satisfaction and to receive what he wanted, it's like a young man or a young lady standing at the crossroads of life and determining within his heart to have all the money that the world has to offer, to have the money to obtain, obtain the pleasure that self desires. Well, here stands Lot, looking out as you look out, 
for a position that the world has to offer, a drinking place. And I say this to you, if you don't watch it, you'll look out upon the world and think that that crowd who's going up here to the queen of clubs and the taverns has an advantage over the children of God. Well, I want you to know if you're saved, you'll find the drinking place to be the local church and not the tavern. But I guarantee you this, the devil causes the allurement of the world and tells you to drink and have drugs and have sex and all that. And if you make the wrong decision at the crossroads of life, you'll sacrifice your virtue and everything else to get what you want. Lot stands at the crossroads and he's going to make the wrong choice and decision. You say, what's his problem? He's not going to ask God. He's not going to acknowledge God. Uh, Can you picture him as he's looking out? Can you picture yourself this morning as you're looking out upon this world? How do you view this world? How do you see this world? What does it look like to you? What would you really like to have? What is the desires of your heart? Are you sick and tired of hearing the preacher preach? Are you sick and tired of your parents telling you what to do? Are you sick and tired of the teachers and the leaders trying to tell you to live godly in Christ Jesus? What is your secret desire? When you get out on your own and you get away on your own and you get out there on the job on your own and you get into marriage on your own and you get into school on your own, how are you going to live then? How are you going to conduct yourself What is your secret desire? What do you really like on the inside of you? This was an opportunity for Lot to reveal himself. This was an opportunity for him to choose what lay before him. Oh, what person out there is worth the sacrifice of everything that's dear? What position and what pleasure is out there that will cause you to make a decision to go your own way or the devil's way or the companion's way rather than God's way? Well, here Lot stands at the crossroads of life to make his own choice and decision. He is contemplating. He is looking. The scripture said he is focusing his eyes upon. Now picture with me our message this morning. Look in verse number 11 where it says, Then, then, don't miss a little word, then. It is the connecting link between the desire and the decision. The decision, then Lot chose him. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Here you see the selection and the separation. He made up his mind. Now what I want you to do with me for a moment is picture Lot. Here he stands. Here is Abraham. Here is Lot. And there is God. But Lot doesn't lift his eyes unto the Lord. He doesn't throw his eyes upon Abraham. He focused his eyes upon the world. He pictures the money in the plain. He pictures the well-watered plains of the Jordan. He pictures the pleasures and what it has to offer. Can you picture yourself this morning having the opportunity that God's given you You say, God hadn't given me an opportunity. Yes, he has. He's given you an opportunity to choose which direction you're going to go. You say, God can't make me. That's exactly right. He will not make you make the choice as to which direction you're going. That choice will be made by you personally. It will be made by you individually. But God will do everything he can, teaching you, guiding you like he did through Abraham. And he'll have the best teaching that there was to offer. 
He'll have his power and Lot knew the power of God. He knew the blessings of God and he'd been with Abram and seen how God had blessed. But when he came to his choice and decision, he focused his eyes on the world and forgot about God. You say, but preacher, what was his problem? His problem, he made up his mind according to what he saw, not according to the word and the will of God. He didn't seek God's will. He didn't seek God's way. He didn't take counsel of Abraham. He made his choice strictly on his own. Now, if you can picture this, here stands Lot. Here's God, and here's Abraham. Lot has two ways to look. One is the plain of Mamre. The other is the plain of Jordan. Lot looks at the plain of Mamre, but he doesn't want that direction. He doesn't even want to give God an opportunity to tell him which way to go. He's afraid God might tell him to go to the plain of Mamre. The plain of Mamre doesn't have to offer what the plain of Jordan does. Abram goes to the plain of Mamre, and in the last sermon in this series, we'll talk about a man who made a right choice and decision and went to the plain of Mamre and brought up his family and brought them up right, and now they're in the Word of God, and through them all the world was blessed. But I want you to know you make the wrong choice and decision. You'll not only curse yourself, you'll place a curse upon your family and on your descendants and end up destroying everything that's precious and dear to you in the process. Well, here stands Lot. He doesn't call on God because God might tell him to go to the plain of memory. He makes his own choice and decision by what he sees. He makes up his mind. Can you picture him deliberating? Can you picture him considering what he'll have if he goes to the plain of Jordan? Can you picture him Casting his tent and living his life and making choice and decisions on his own. And you picture him saying, I'll be free now. Oh, I'm liberated now. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Not even God's going to tell me which choice to make. And Abram, you're not going to make me, make me go which direction anymore. I'm going to choose the direction I want to go. And I want to say this again. If that's your attitude, young folks, you're going to have an opportunity to feel that thing. If you're tired of your parents telling you what to do and us preachers in this church telling you how to live and where to go, you're going to have the opportunity of a lifetime. You're going to have the opportunity to stand like Lot and choose your own direction and choices and associates. You just remember this. You choose your direction without God and you've chosen a pathway of life that grace cannot alter. You say, but God, but God will forgive me, yes. But on your pathway, every wild oak that you ever sow is going to come forth in the harvest someday. God will forgive you of your sins, but he won't, he won't plow out what you've planted. It's going to come forth someday. Here Lot stands. Here Lot stands. Then, then it says, now this little word for then is a word relating to time. And it means after careful consideration, after careful deliberation, Lot makes up his mind. He concretes his mind. He determines what he will have strictly on his own. His desire has stimulated his lust and his lust has now produced a decision and a craving has brought forth a decision that he will have the plain of Jordan. Now, the then... As I said, relates to time. It means somewhere in point of time he made a decision of his lifestyle. This is not a decision as to where to water his cattle one time. This is a decision of life. This is a decision of living. This is a decision of what kind of life he's going to have. Whatever choices the decisions are made will be made in the sphere of his choice. The area that he chooses. 
So here Lot chooses. Look at this little word. Then Lot chose. The little word for chose is the word for joined. And deals with the tie that binds the heart to the object. That here he chose. The word is for selected. Lot had rather have the plain of the Jordan than he had the plain of Mamre. He had rather have the plain of Jordan than he had the will of God. So Lot chose him a morsel. Lot chose him a plain. Now that would be true today of you who would choose you a job who would choose you a position, who would choose you money, who would choose you pleasures. It would be you today standing there saying, I want this pleasure, I want this position, I want this job, I want this person. And then making up your mind to have that. And then Lot, then Lot, then Lot, at point of time somewhere, Lot makes his own choice. Now he's not the only one that's going to do that. All through the Bible, the choices and decisions are made. One day Esau came in from hunting out in the field, a deer hunter. He came in and here was Jacob cooking some pottage. As he was cooking it, Esau was hungry. Esau was after the birthright. Jacob was after the birthright. Esau had it, but Esau despised it. He didn't care about the spiritual. He only cared for the physical. While Jacob was cooking the pottage, Esau came in thirsting and said, Give me this. Give me this pottage. Esau said, I'm famishing. I need it. Jacob said, You give me the birthright, and I'll give you the pottage. And the Bible said by this, he despised his birthright. In other words, he said, I want the physical. I want the material more than I want the spiritual. I'll be willing to give up the spiritual. I'll be willing to let it go. I'll make a choice and I'll make a decision. Esau said, I'll sell my birthright. I'll be willing to give it. But don't you sell Esau short. There have been many who have sold the spiritual in order to have the material. Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver sold his integrity. He may call him selling the Lord, but he didn't sell the Lord because he didn't have the Lord to sell. He sold away the spiritual, and he sold away the opportunity to be what he's supposed to have been. Well, you say, well, God will forgive me. That's right, God will forgive you. But you may never be able to change the crop. And if you make your own bed, you may have to sleep in it. You say, but preacher, why do you warn us so? Well, whether you know it or not, <clears throat> God may be speaking to somebody here today. He said, well, I wish God would speak to me. Whether you know it or not, he is. You say, how? Through his preaching. Most of us say, I want God to speak to me. How do you think he's going to do that? When David sinned, what did the Bible say? And the Lord spoke to Nathan, Nathan and sent Nathan to David. When he was ready for Cornelius to be saved, he said, send for Peter. The way God appears at your crossroads is in his preacher. God stands with you at your crossroads in the person of a man of God. Don't you ever say God hadn't appeared to you and spoken to you. Anytime God gives you a message like this, that's God standing at your crossroads telling you which way to go. That's not magnifying me. Praise God, that's magnifying the word of God. He's always worked through his preachers. How are they going to believe except they have a preacher? 
Oh, the preacher's a man of God stands at your crossroads. You say, but God's not there. He's here this morning. God gave this sermon to me for somebody here today. We've been preaching it five, five sermons now. This is a fifth one. This is the decision. You say, but preacher, why is it so important, the decision? Because life is like dominoes lined up in a row. Have you ever taken dominoes and stood them on their end, one right in behind the other, and even made designs out of them? Well, that's the way you are in your life. For me, see, my life is not just made up of me. Rachel stands behind me. Cindy, David and Suzanne stands behind me. You people of this church stand road right up behind me. Every church that I know of, every person that I know of, people all across this country rolled up right behind me as a lady up in Michigan. They heard that I quit preaching. Quit the minister. I went up there for the camp meeting. She came to that camp meeting, walked up to me and said, Oh, Brother Shipman, I'm so glad to know you hadn't quit. I said, Brother, that God's heaven, what are we going to do if he quits? Well, I want you to know I may not be anything, but i got somebody rolled up behind me that's looking to me and respects me and honors me. Well, somebody's rolled up behind you. That wife's rolled up behind you. Those children rolled up behind you. And I will ask you a question. Who's going to fall when you fall? Who are you going to knock over? You say, I won't affect anybody. Your conduct will, will, will affect everybody who honors you and trusts you, got confidence in you. You'll do damage to them. You'll tear them down. You'll dishonor your parents. You'll dishonor the preacher. You'll dishonor the church. You'll dishonor everybody who's got their faith and trust and hopes in you. You can't fall by yourself without knocking somebody over. I ask you a question. When's the last domino going to fall? I'll tell you, you'll knock dominoes over in your community the longest day you live if you make the wrong choice. In this area of Helena and West Helena, you let the Calvary Baptist Church and the members of this church make wrong choices and decisions. You'll not only fall yourself, but you'll topple some dominoes with it. You say, but nobody will know. I'll get clean out of town. And then I'll live the way I want to. Word will get back, friend. And when it gets back, goes the dominoes. Don't you think that that little sin that you did and others knew about it and you hid it from the preacher and you hid it from the church and you hid it from your parents is not known. You topple somebody's dominoes. You topple somebody's life. You say, but preacher, where did it all start? With a decision. Oh, my, what a decision he's fixing to make. You say, but there's nothing wrong with the decision. Not as it appears. It says he chose him. Now, what was the problem? Where was the problem? It said he chose him. You see that again? Look at it. He chose him and Lot chose him. In other words, it was purely selfish for personal advantage For personal advancement, he considered not others. He didn't consider God. He didn't consider Abram. He didn't consider his wife. He didn't consider his children. He made it purely for himself. 
And I found this to be true. You make a choice and decision for yourself and leave God out and don't care about God or others, you'll sacrifice them and everybody else just for personal involvement and personal pleasures. Well, here he stands at his crossroads. He said, now, preacher, what difference does it make? Let me mention several things. Number one, the decision you make as to the direction you take should not be made by appearances of the world, but by the will of God. Number two, which plane you choose will determine the people you meet and the people your children meet. Now, when Lot stood and made his choice, here's his family around him. Here's Abram, here's God. But there's his wife and his children. Lot looks out, and he makes a choice and decision for himself. Now, the Bible says that Lot's a righteous man. Lot's a godly man. And I believe that he is right here. I believe he was saved, as we use the word term saved, somewhere along the way. And here he stands. And he makes a choice and decision because he feels like he can handle what's out there. But, oh, I wonder if Lot ever considered whether his children could handle it. Or if his wife could handle it. Oh, I don't believe he even thought about it. You say, why, preacher? I was later, Lot marries, Lot's two daughters marries two sodomite boys. He married, they married two ungodly, worldly boys. And the two are going to be destroyed. Which brings me to this truth. This decision will eventually cost him. His children, his possessions, his position, and his wife, and his decency. All in a decision. All in a decision. That's why the decision must be right. One day, a man came upon a farmer farming. Had no mule. He was making the straightest rows this man had ever seen. I ever seen such straight rows. He said, how, how long are those rows? He said, about a quarter of a mile. He said, well, how in the world do you make such straight rows? He said, young man, do you see the rag that's on the pole down in the field? He said, yes, sir. He said, when I make my first roll, he said, I focus my eyes on my goal and said, I don't take my eyes off that rag. And he said, when I put the plow down, I go directly for that rag. And he said, when the first roll's right, all you got to do is lay row by row and the rest of them will be right. And I say to you, you make the wrong choice and decision. You make the choice to live for yourself. You make the choice to, that nobody's going to tell you what to do. And what will happen? Every choice and decision after that will not make straight rows. Every one of them will be crooked too. If your first one's crooked, all the rest of them you add to it's going to be crooked. When David committed adultery with Bathsheba that night, that didn't end his rows. That made his first crooked row. And when he made his first crooked row without adultery, he had... To lie first. And then he calls drunkenness second. And then murder. Then he covered it up in marriage. Nothing but crooked roads come from the first choice. And I say this to you. Under God's heaven, young folks and adults too. When you stand at the crossroads of life to make your own choice and decision. Acknowledge God. Remember therefore the day of thy creator and the days of thy youth. Oh, when the days come upon thee, let the days and choices and decisions be made in the plain of memory according to the will of God. But here Lot stands. And he pictures of life 
of pleasure. But he doesn't see the consequences of it. He doesn't see the things that are not seen as yet. He just makes a decision according to himself. Now I want to say something special to the young ladies that are here today. Girls, many of the opportunities that you'll have are not as great as what the boys will have. Many opportunities that the young men have are greater than yours. I know that every young man especially has an opportunity to go his way and in this world has some opportunities that girls don't. A young lady, usually when she's in high school, she starts looking around, generally before that, but she starts looking around when she's in high school for a young man. Then she's going to get her eyes on one. And one of the greatest tragedies is for you to wait at the doorway of opportunity for some boy to come along to decide which way you're going. I cannot think of anything worse than a young lady standing at the doorway of opportunity saying, will I go God's way or will I go the world? But I'll wait and see who I marry to decide which way I'm going. Or I'll wait to see which boy I'm going with to decide which way I'm going. And if you wait at that doorway of opportunity till some boy comes along and you think you can put enough pressure on him to go the way of memory rather than the Jordan and he's not saved, you may as well forget it. You say, but it don't make any difference to me. You may say today, whichever way he's going, I'm going because I want him. No matter what I have to live in and what I have to live with, as long as I've got it, it'll be all right. Well, I want to say this to you. You'll regret that the longest day you live. You don't know what you'll have to live with if you marry a young man who drinks and drugs and likes to go around and commit all kind of sexual activity. He'll run around on you and he'll drink and he'll entice you and he won't bring you to church. He won't bring you to the plane of memory and after a while he will not be the knight in shining armor that you thought he was and then what you have to live in will be a hell on earth. You went into the doorway of opportunity and say, I'll see which way he's going. And if he's going, I'll go that way. If he doesn't come to church, you'll drop out. Well, I ask you a question here today. Who or what do you have your eyes upon that will cost you all that is precious and dear to you, though you don't realize it now? I ask you a question. What is it that you've got your eyes upon that you're determined to have and you'll sacrifice everything that you've been taught, everything that's godly, everything that's right, and everything that's good just to have it? Lot had been brought up right. Lot had gotten in on the power of God. Lot had been taught the word of God. Lot got in on the blessings of God. And God had blessed him until the Bible said his substance was great. But all of a sudden there came a time when Lot was willing to sacrifice. Going along with Abram. He's willing to sacrifice where he was. He's willing to sacrifice who he was with. Just to go do what he wanted to do. And when he made his choice and he made his decision. That day it looked good. That good decision was to cost him everything that was precious and dear. So I say to you today, what you need to do is decide which way you're going, young lady. 
and meet the young man not at the doorway of opportunity but in the plain of memory. See, you're going to meet whoever you're looking for determined by whatever decision of the direction you're going. If you make a decision that you're going the ways of the world, you go end up with a worldly person. You say, not me. Yes, you. You will. And you know what you'll do? You'll justify your going to the plain of Jordan. Because you'll say, but he's got a good job. He's making money. More so, he can put food on my table. I won't have to worry if I marry him. I won't have to worry about a job. I won't have to worry about money. And I won't have to worry about pleasures. My he'll take me places. And I'll get involved in things. And I'll have positions in the world. And I'll have respect. Now, if you have all of what I just mentioned, you're going to have to be as worldly as they are to have. But if you're saved, you can't live that way and you can't live with yourself because God won't let you. And your home, your so-called paradise will seem like a hell on earth. Boys, wasn't it, the, it wasn't at the time. Oh, no, it wasn't at the time. It was a choice and decision based on his imagination. It was a choice and decision based on personal desire and lust and formation of a world that never materialized. You say, but later he said in the gate, yeah, he got a position down in Sodom. But can you picture when he got in Sodom, one of his daughters coming in saying, I met this homosexual over there. Because Sodom's filled with homosexuals. I met this person, and you know, they're not too bad. You know, they all right. I hear a lot say, hey, hey, honey, don't do that. But how's he going to say that? He's already made the choice and decision without God. He taught his children how to make decisions without God. He taught them not to call on God. He taught them not to do what God did. He taught them by personal experience. He said, don't call on them. And now his children are saying, I'll run around who I want to. And daddy, you can't tell me no because you did it. If my children fall, I want to fall because it's their own domino. Not because I knocked them over. Amen. Oh, I tell you this thing today. This thing of decision. This thing of decision. I mean, just the choice. That's all he's done. He's made a choice. He decided. And Lot chose him. Now, everything from this moment on is determined by the choice. Next, you'll see his direction. Now, his direction, you'll see his dwelling. When he goes to Sodom, you see how he lives down there. Then you'll see his decline. Then you'll see his destiny. You'll see what happens to him. But all of it started with a choice. Now I ask a question here today. A very personal, pertinent question. Every one of you that's here today, which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? Some of you haven't faced that yet. You have a place to live in hope that you will. That's going to come a day when Cindy, David, and Suzanne are going to be faced with a choice.
lot, but got on the cities of the plain. Cities of Sodom. There may be a day when you move away to the cities. And I'm about persuaded of that right here. If God doesn't open up some jobs around Helena and West Helena, you're going to be moving away to some cities. And when you move away, or you go away to college, or you get married and go your way, I want to ask you what you're going to do with everything you've been taught. What you going to do then? We've tried to teach you the power of God. We've tried to teach you the promises of the Lord. But I wonder what you'd be willing to sacrifice everything you've ever been taught. I wonder what you would say if you'd say, now I'm liberated from that prison. That style of life that my parents and that church tried to give me, I'm free to do my thing. That will be your choice. There will come a day when it will be separation time. Separation time. But then when that separation comes, there's going to have to be a selection made by Cindy, David, and Suzanne. And one cannot choose it for the other. And I say this to my own kids. When that day comes, I'll stand with you. God will be there. But none of us can make you make the right choice. You're going to have to make it yourself. I ask you, what are you going to do? I ask you already, what have you decided to do? Have some of you reached the doorway of opportunity in your heart? You may be a creator of your own destiny. That old phrase that I used a little earlier, you're going to have sleep in your own bed. You mess it up, you'll have sleep in it. Yes, sir. You go ahead. Make the wrong one. You say, what's the wrong one? Yours. Yours. After a while. Not right then. Because after a while, you're going to go down to the plain of the Jordan, pitch a tent, and dwell there. And everything's going to be just lovely. The well-watered plain will produce for you sustenance and satisfaction. For you, you can say, well, I'll go down. I'll go the ways of the world. Everything go good for you for a while. You may drink a while, party a while. Forget about the church and forget about God. But I say this, if you're saved, you won't do it alone. They'll bury you in the plain of of the Jordan. Or you'll come back and apologize to God and ask him to forgive you and say, let me go to the land, to the plain of Mamre. You say, preacher, I've already made the wrong choice and decision. I beg you today. I beg you. Turn around and come back. Come back. And say, God, I'm sorry for the choice and decision that I made. I'm sorry for the direction I've been going. I want you to forgive me. I want you to use your will, your direction. Tell you, you'll have a new opportunity. 
you'll have a new doorway. You'll have a new way of life. I guarantee you, you'll find what's precious and dear that's been taught to you to be the most valuable things in this world. The things that'll be rolled up to you. No man can take away from you, and you won't fall like a domino. You'll stand tall like an oak tree, as you'll see in the land of Mamre. But I say this today, and I believe it with all my heart. I've preached now, this is the fifth in the series. And I've never in all my life ever had a series get a hold of me like this one has. I've never felt like I felt about any series God ever gave me. And I have never felt like I stood at the crossroads any more than I do today. I really believe as God's representative, I stand at your crossroads. I stand and God in his person in me stands at your crossroads. You can ignore what I've said and ignore me. But when you do, you're not ignoring Charles Shipman. You're ignoring God. Somebody here today has got a decision you're going to have to make. This is the day of your decision. Somebody here today, there's going to be an invitation in a minute. Somebody today will either choose the plain of Jordan. All you got to do is walk out that door. Stand where you're going to stand when the invitation is given. And you've chosen the plan of Jordan. You're going to make a decision. Somebody's going to make a decision here today. Or either you can come get at this altar and say to God, God, I'm not going to stay at the crossroads. I'm going to choose your will for my life and you. I have decided to follow Jesus. That's what I've decided to do. I've made the choice. Think about it. Deliberate it. Consider it, then, then, make the choice. Let's all stand for our prayer, please.